Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Father, we love you. We just thank you, God, for your presence. We thank you that you're the ultimate Father. We thank you, God, that you're our our hope, our future, our teacher. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd come and that you would just fill us with heavenly thoughts today. Just give us fresh, fresh perspectives and understanding about life. We love you, and everybody agrees. Said? Amen. Amen. Is that the coots? What's up? Is that baby boy here? Oh, my gosh. All right, listen, I can't wait to see him. He's adorable. Congratulations. Congratulations. Seriously, that's so, that is so awesome. So awesome. So, whoo, man. Sorry. We, we prayed with the Coots a couple of years ago on a Mother's Day. They had a miscarriage, and we prayed, and, and now they have two beautiful children. You're going to have like 10 more, aren't you? <laughs> Uh, he's going to be the ultimate father. <laughs> All right, hey, we are in a series um, called Kingdom Culture. Um, and if you're taking notes today, I encourage you to take notes, write down the things that God's speaking to you. Uh, my message today is the Lord is with you. Amen? The Lord is with you. Uh, go with me to the book of Judges, okay? We're going to go to Judges uh, chapter 6. Uh, We're going to be looking at the story of Gideon uh, today, not the whole story, but just a part of it. Judges chapter 6, verse 1, if you don't have a Bible, have it on the screen for you. Judges chapter 6, verse 1, it says this, Israel did evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The Midianites were so cruel to the Israelites, the Israelites were hiding in the places uh, as mountain caves and strongholds. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all their sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys, these enemy hordes coming with their livestock and tents, thick as locusts. Who's ready for cicadas to go in Jesus' name? I played golf last Sunday, and I was in a tornado of cicadas, I promise you, okay? So this, so Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites, And Israel called out to the Lord for help, verse 7. When they cried out to the Lord, the Lord sent a prophet to Israel and said this. This is what the Lord says, the God of Israel. He says this, I brought you up and out of slavery in Egypt. Why is God reminding them of that very point right there? Because they've gone back to bondage. Because we're going to see that they haven't trusted the Lord the way that the Lord had called them to trust them, okay? And so they had gone back, even though they weren't physical slaves. How many of you know that you can be a slave to something? Even though you're not a physical slave, you can be slave to sin. You can be a slave to an addiction. You can be a slave to many things that the enemy wants to enslave us in our lives. Sorry, I lost some spot there. Said, Uh, Slave, verse 9, I rescued you 
from the Egyptians and from all who opposed you. I drove out your enemies and gave you their land. I told you, I am your God, but you must not worship the God of the Amorites, but you have not listened to me. Verse 11. Then the angel of the Lord sat beneath a great tree of Ophrah, which belonged to Joash. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of the winepress to hide from the Midianites. Verse 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero. It's a big statement. Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Verse 13, Gideon replies, sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? Doesn't that sound like us in our prayer time with God? God, if you're with me, why is these things happening? Why is my marriage a mess? Why is financial pressure happening? Why is this craziness happening at my job? God, where are you? He says this, and where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Israel, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? Verse 14, then the Lord, then the Lord, the Lord, wow. Woo! Listen, guys, it's been, it's been a long week, guys. Sunday was long. Kids' camp was long. I'm moving right now. I'm packing my house. It's been a long week, y'all, okay? Listen, the Lord. Man, we're gonna, you know, like Adam has like a book of all these dumb things that I say from stage. We're gonna, we're gonna print it in a couple years here, make a bunch of money. Then the Lord, the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Look at your neighbor and say, I am sending you, okay? I am sending you, okay? Verse 15, but Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest of all the tribes of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. Verse 16, the Lord said to him, I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Point number one today is this. Drawn away, distracted, and turned. Drawn away, distracted, and turned. This is exactly what is happening to Israel. They've been drawn away. They've been distracted by the other gods and the other nations, and they've been turned away from the Lord. And where? Now their attention and focus is on the other gods that God has called them what? Not to worship. The story of Judges is interesting. How many have ever read the story of Judges before? Okay. It's, like a, it's like a messy marriage, okay? Israel has this marriage with God. This is God's people. He's for them. He wants to bless them. He wants to increase their life. But... They always get distracted, turned away, and start worshiping what? Other gods, other nations. They start doing things that God has called them not to do. And so what happens is this. God's blessing, God's protection, God's grace comes off of them, and then they get ruined, and what happens? 
they come to their knees and they come back to this place where they call out to God for his help. Doesn't this sound like us? God gives us clarity. God gives us direction. God says, don't touch that. Don't be a part of that. And we'll be real focused for a season. We'll be real diligent for a season. And then what happens? We get distracted. Something flashy, shiny comes our way, grabs our attention. And all of a sudden, we're worshiping other things than the Lord. This happens all the time. We fall out of love really quickly. We fall out of passion really quickly. Let me show you what the Lord showed me. 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 2, verse 9 through 10, says this, verse 9. However, it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no human mind has conceived the things God has prepared for those who love him. This is a pretty bold statement. This is a massive statement. This is a promise from God. This should be one of those moments that we should be jumping for joy because we're like, God is for me because I'm somebody that's chasing after the Lord. I'm somebody that's chasing after him. And he said what? No, I has seen, no ear has heard of the great things he wants to do for my life. And nobody believed anything I just said. You're like, yeah, that's cool. That's for somebody else, not me. And that's exactly how we think. We think it's always for somebody else. Let me share some thoughts that the Lord had for me. Some thoughts that the Lord had for me and my wife when we were in seasons when we thought, where is the Lord? I don't know if you've ever been in a season like that where you're like, where is God? I haven't heard him in a while. I haven't seen his great power in a while. Where is he? And I remember the season where God spoke to us and he said, hey, I have some more for you. And that's a good word from the Lord. I remember when the Lord came to me and he said, hey, I have more for your messed up marriage. That's all right. I know that some of us have walked in here today. We got some things going on in our marriage. We have some things going on in our lives. And I remember the Lord spoke to me. And I, I want to take you back, okay? Uh, put up that first picture, okay? So this is Jess with Michael. We have that picture? Yep, this is Jess with Michael helping him with homework. This is like seven years ago, okay? So it's like seven years ago. But you know what's funny? Nothing's changed. She's still helping him, and she's doing all his homework, okay? <laughs> I mean, it looks like Michael's doing his homework. He's not doing his homework, okay? So, so I remember this night, okay? So I took a picture of this, of this night because I got home from work, and uh, Luke was just really, really, really small. Jess is trying to help uh, Michael with homework. Luke is in this, like, bouncer thing. You can kind of see his butt there, just kind of barely. And he's watching this, like, cartoon real loudly. Go to the next picture, okay? Um, this, and, now, and now this was Ben. Um, he, when I walked in the door, I said hi to him, and then he threw up on me, okay? <laughs> I was like, good to see you too, brother, okay? And then, so we have... Jess trying to help, you know, Michael with homework. You know, Luke's little and he's crying and stuff. Ben had just thrown up on me. And then he insisted 
insisted that I went to the store and buy bacon for him because he had to have bacon because he was so hungry because he just threw up all over me, okay? So, so this was a real crazy season. So let me show you that first, the first video, okay? First video. Okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a workmeister. Not a Callahan. Not a Callahan, but a workmeister. You are all workmeisters. We got a voodoo. Why are you taping? We got us a right snoofus. Now? And we snoofus got a snoofus. The snoofus called gone. The scrooge. Snoofus. Snoofus. Oh. All he wants is your camera. Snoofus? Are you a snoofus? Why are you videotaping? Did you drop that? No, 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 that's gross. Don't eat it off the floor. That's nasty. No, Ben, no, 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 no. That's true. Sit up. Sit at the table. Why are you No, 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 no. Don't touch it. Why are you videotaping us right now? Okay, so this was a wild season of life. Anybody ever been in a season like this before? Like, and listen, to everybody has little ones, man, my heart goes out to you, okay? It's just, it's a crazy, crazy season. Play that, play that next video, okay? I got one more video for you, okay? And we're talking about No. Okay, uh, pretty much it says, Jesus would be the... Oh, that doesn't That's not good. No. 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 <laughs> no. No, oh, no, Stan, stop. Are you stop. wiping the bottom of those? Come on, dude. Those are my conserving notes. <laughs> Thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much. No, do you have to do this? Oh, my gosh. If that thing falls apart, I'm just gonna leave you there. All right, Michael, finish your message, babe. No. Oh my gosh! Get your butt, Get your butt. Get your butt off! Get your butt off right now! Stop. Can you stop recording? <laughs> All right, so the, all right. Like a minute later, he fully takes off all of his clothes, and he, I cut that part out, and thank you. And he tells us that he's going to pee all over his brother's bed, okay? All right. Did anybody catch something that was in that second video? Wait, wait, say it, say it. There's a hole in the wall. I wonder how that got there. Because the day before I took that video, okay, me and Jess were in a heated discussion. And my, my trick was always just to walk away in the middle of it. Oh, oh, and Jess decided to punch the wall. <laughs> Give it up for Jess, everybody. And I remember the Holy Spirit came to me. He said, hey, I want to heal your marriage. 
a rough season of life. We were just surviving. Anybody ever been like that before? You're just trying to survive. But the Lord wants to do more. He goes, no eye has heard, no ear has seen the great plans that I have for you. He wants to heal. I remember when the Holy Spirit came to me and he said, I want to bless you. And I want you to be the head and not the tail. Can we put up that next picture? I have, I have this picture um, because I remember when the Lord spoke to me, he said, I want you to not tie 10%. I want you to tie 20%. And you're like, wait, God, I thought I was doing what you asked. He goes, I got a new level for you because I want to make you blessed. But I need you to trust me because no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has seen the great things that I have for you. I remember when the Holy Spirit was speaking to me when we first started the church. Can you put up that next picture? So, uh, this is Macy Roller. How many of you know Macy Roller? She's this beautiful young woman in our church. Uh, her dad is Nick Roller. He plays guitar. They're in Florida today. Good for them. Good for them. Okay? But I remember, like, we had just started the church. And, uh, and Macy was maybe, I don't know, maybe like seven, eight years old. And she had been praying and, and hearing from the Lord. And she had this vision, this prophetic vision that the Lord gave her about Elevate Church. And she said, this is Pastor Jeff. And she said, that's 10,000 people. But you know, the only thing that I could see at that time, put up the next picture. The only thing that I could see was this teen center that we had started in. Any teen center people in here today? You remember the teen center? Listen, that's where we started. And that was Easter Sunday. And man, we thought we had blown out the place that Easter. We're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. There are people here on our first Easter. But when you get a picture that says there's going to be 10,000 and this is what you're seeing, it just doesn't match up. And you're like, how, God? How? And God goes, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. Nobody's conceived in their minds the great things that I have in store for you. And sometimes you're just distracted. Put up that next picture. This is how we started the church. We didn't have any money. We needed to make money. And so we would, we would buy old junky tables off of Craigslist. And man, I remember going to some houses sometimes thinking like, I need a gun on me right now. Like, I'm gonna get robbed today, you know? And we would buy these tables and we would, you know, refurbish these tables. Some of you bought our tables. Thank you for investing in us. I just wanna say thank you for that. And we would sell these tables and this is how we made money. But listen, it was these things that were distracting me at the same time from seeing what God really wanted to do with us. Can I get an amen from anybody? Anybody ever been in these places in life? And God goes, what? I don't want you to be distracted. I don't want you to be turned. I don't want you to take your eyes off of me because if you keep your eyes on me, no 
I have seen, no ear has heard the things that I want to do in your life. And he goes, I want you to believe it at the core of you that I got more for your life. Now, do I get distracted? Yes. Do I get turned? Yes. Do I get my eyes off Jesus? Yes. I'm a human. I have good days. I have bad days. I have ups and I have downs. I have all kinds of different feelings. But what is the one thing that I know when I'm going through the ups and the downs? I know I need to get into the presence of God. Because when I get into the presence of God, he reminds me. Okay? He reminds me and he says, listen, you have no idea the thoughts, the dreams that I have in store for your life, for this church, for your future. Listen, when we get into his presence, it calms everything down. Okay? Calms it all down. Point number two is this. Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. You know that when you read the Bible, that you need to read it and interpret it for yourself and apply it to your own life? You know, there's so many times that I think we read the word of God and we think, man, that's so cool that God spoke that over Gideon. But the Holy Spirit wants to remind you today, I'm speaking that same word over you today. Mighty hero. Can I just say to all the dads, you're a mighty hero. I'm so thankful for men of God. I'm so thankful for dads that are in church, men that are in church, men who worship, men who make a priority of Jesus, men who are showing their children that Jesus is the first priority. You're a mighty hero. You may not feel like a hero. You may feel like you're just going to work and paying bills and doing your job and doing your duty. But God looks at you men and goes, you are a mighty hero. But where do we find our mighty hero? Where do we find Gideon? We find him hiding. Hiding. Hiding from the Midianites. Hiding in a wine press. Judges chapter 6 verse 12 says this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Now, I don't know about you, but if an angel, I know there's angels. Like, I, I know there's angels. Like, I remember my pastor growing up, every Sunday, he'd be like, there's angels in the room. Just like that, I'd be like, are we doing like a little Elvis thing right here? Like, what are we doing? But he would talk about the angels every Sunday. I'm like, I know there's angels, but I don't know if an angel like appeared to me, okay? If an angel appeared to me, I, I'm pretty confident I'd be telling everybody. I'd be at like the gas station, be like, yo, did you know an angel appeared to me last night? <laughs> he was huge. I'd be telling everybody. And then I don't know about you, but if that angel said, money hero, the Lord is with you. I'd make that thing go viral, okay? <laughs> the earth would know that an angel spoke to me and said that I was a mighty hero. Listen, here's the problem. 
we're really okay, we're really cool if God speaks it over somebody else. But we really struggle believing it for ourselves. It's amazing when I or somebody else has a prophetic word for somebody in the church. It's amazing how the church always responds. We're always so excited. Because when God speaks, it's full of grace and power. It speaks to their future. It speaks to their potential. It speaks to what God is going to do. And it's amazing how faith always rises when we have a prophetic word. And and we're so excited, and we're just so pumped to hear what God thinks about that individual, okay? But what's funny is that we can't believe it for ourselves. We can believe it for other people, but we have such a hard time seeing that God says, Mighty Hero! God's calling you the hero. God's, I'm on assignment today to remind you of who you are, that you are called by God to be a mighty hero, and that God is with you today. But we see how Gideon responds. He says, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest of all the tribes of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. What's Gideon doing? He is tripping. Gideon is tripping. Gideon is trying to tell God, hey, your plan is terrible. Your plan is garbage. I don't know if you know who you're talking to, Lord. He goes, hey, uh, Lord, I want you to know something. Me and my family and my extended family, we all did Ancestry.com, okay? We did the whole Ancestry thing, and then we had a family reunion. Anybody used to have family reunions when you grew up? We would have family reunions, and they'd be like, this is your aunt from Washington, and I'd be like, hey, how you doing? They would grab your cheeks and... And so Gideon, they have this like family reunion and they've done Ancestry.com. And then he tells Lord, hey, he goes, hey, Lord, I want you to know out of all the tribes and out of all the clans, we found out that we're the weakest of the weakest. And then Gideon went a little farther. He said, and on top of that, I took an Enneagram test. And I found out that I'm the weakest in my family. And this is what we do. God comes to us and he says, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And we go, God, I think that that message was supposed to go down to another house, to another person. Because that's not how I see myself. I see myself as the weakest. I, I want you to hear something. The Lord already took into account who you are, your personality, and all of your weaknesses before he spoke to you. He knows. He absolutely knows and understands. 
He understands something. Listen, God knows in 84 days, Pastor Jeff's going to lose his salvation that first Sunday when the Bears play. And you're like, that is sad that you know that the first game is in 84 days. I know it's sad, okay? And he knows that I'm going to be saying things at the TV at Andy Dalton. I curse all of you Cincinnati people who gave me Andy Dalton, okay? All right? I'm just waiting for Justin Fields, all right? But he knows I'm going to be standing in that front of that TV saying things I shouldn't say. I didn't mess up when he called me. God didn't mess up when he called you. He knows all your weaknesses. He knows all of your thoughts. He knows them all. But he still goes, I want to remind you, you're a mighty hero. And why are you a mighty hero? Not because of you. Remember what the Lord said, mighty hero. The Lord is with you. You're not a mighty hero. The Lord's a mighty hero. It's just that you have Jesus in you. You have the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead inside of you. And when that spirit rises up, then what happens? You become a mighty hero in the earth for Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? Point number three is this. Go in God's strength. Verse 14, then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength I've given you and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Remember Gideon, he's the one going, I'm the weakest of the weakest of the weakest of the weakest of the weakest. And God goes, I know. Go in what? Your weakness. Go in your weakness. I remember when I was an intern. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever been an intern before, but interns are poor people. Very poor people. I'm talking about like government aid people, okay? But you're in ministry, so they don't even get government aid, okay? And I was an intern, and I had no money, but I had these three kids in my small group. I was a small group leader, junior high small group leader. And uh, these three boys, uh, their mom and their dad were both doctors. One was a doctor and one was a surgeon. And I was their small group leader, okay? And uh, I had this car, okay? Has anybody ever had a, what I call a hoopty before? You've had a hoopty, okay? Listen, this was a hoopty, all right? A big age hoopty, okay? Big age hoopty, okay? <laughs> the youth group that I was serving at, there was like, you know, like hundreds of kids, just hundreds and hundreds of kids. They had named my car Hazards, okay? <laughs> They had given my, my car a name because the electrical system in my car would work on some days and would not work on some days, okay? So there would be some nights that I had headlights and some nights I didn't have headlights, okay? Some nights my brakes lights worked and some nights they didn't, okay? 
But what always worked for some reason was my hazards, okay? I promise this is not a this is not an exaggeration, I promise you, okay? So I would drive around with my hazards on, like all the time, like all the time, okay? And I'm an intern, and so I have these, I have these guys, and I'm like, I have this like great idea, like I'm gonna take out these boys and their friends and like like have a cool night with them. I told them that we were gonna go. Uh, I think to Walmart or something, we were going to buy swords and Nerf guns and we were going to have a Nerf gun fight and a sword fight, okay? And so I get into hazards to go pick up these boys and I'm driving to the doctor's house, not even thinking anything. And then I pull up to the house. Have you ever pulled up to a house and you're like, now this is a house, okay? What I live in is a shack, Okay. (laughs) It should be torn down right now, okay? This is a house, okay? And so I pulled up to that house, and they had, like, one of those real long driveways, you know what I mean? And they had lights. You know, you're like, you know you're bougie and rich when you have lights going up the driveway, okay? And if you have lights, God bless you. I I bless you in the name of Jesus, okay? And it was beautiful. And what happened? I got insecure real quick. I mean, I'm like praying every day that my car just rolls down the road. You know what I mean? So I go up, ring the doorbell. The boys are all excited. Her name was Mrs. Harper. They were so sweet. They were so sweet. I'm so thankful for great people of God. You know, they ended up buying me a car. They took me to a dealership and they said, you can buy anything you want. I picked out a white Jetta. It was a fast, remember Fast and Furious, the first one? Yeah, I was that guy. I'm like, that's mine. We're going to lower it. We're going to put lights on it. We're going to put an exhaust. You're going to hear me from a mile away. I remember Mrs. Harper came out, and I had a door that when you would open the door, like, because it had been bent at the hinge. So it was like one of those doors that, like, you like, it like hits you, you know what I mean? Like, send you flying. And she, like, opened the door. And I was like, no, not that door, any door, not that door. And she was like, she was like, you want to take our car? And I'm like, no. Good, hazards got us tonight. Their youngest son, Jeremy, he was my guy. He was my guy. I remember he, like, still talks to this day. He has stories. He's like, I can't remember how many times I got pulled over with Pastor Jeff in hazards. (laughs) I I mean, seriously, I'd get pulled over, and they'd be like, do you know your lights don't work? I'm like, yes, I'm very aware of this. This is, like, the 40th time I've been pulled over in this car, okay? And I was always like, I'm poor. I'm a pastor. Just please don't write me a ticket. What did the Lord say? Go in your weakness. Just go. Just go. It's like when we started the church in the teen center. Made no sense. But the Lord said, go. Just go. Just go and do what I'm calling you to do. Go in your weakness. We'll say to God, hey, God, 
You don't know the family that I grew up in. Lord, you don't know the chaos of our current family and the kids and everything. God, you don't know that I don't have the right education. God, you don't know my insecurities. God, you don't know I'm not that cool. I'm not that funny. God, I'm, I'm not all these things. And God goes, I know. Just go. Go in your weakness. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. This is Paul. He said, three times I pleaded with the Lord to relieve me of this. Verse nine, but he answered me, my grace is always more than enough. My grace is always more than enough for your weaknesses. And my power finds its full expression through what? Your weakness. Can I tell you that God's not afraid of your weaknesses today? He knows them, and he's not afraid of them, and he will use his power and his grace through your weakness? So Paul says this, so I will celebrate my weaknesses. We should just have like one day that everybody posts on social media their weaknesses. (laughs) It would be the greatest day of social media. We would break the internet wouldn't we? Because we just tell everybody about how great we are. Tell everybody how great our vacation was. We tell everybody how great we are as parents. We don't ever show the weaknesses. Paul said, I celebrate my weaknesses. For when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. Let me share two truths with you about God's power. The first truth is this. When we are aware of our weaknesses, we'll never confuse where the power comes from. When you're aware of your weakness, you'll never confuse where the power and the grace and the strength comes from. I am very aware that I came from generations, generations, not a generation, but generations of divorce. I'm very aware that I grew up poor. I'm talking about like real money. I'm very aware of that. I'm very aware that I am dyslexic. That school is really hard for me. I'm very aware that I'm not like educated like some people. People are like, where'd you go to school? I'm like, Berean University? They're like, what is Berean University? You know what I mean? You're like, it's like, uh, it's like Ohio State's cousin. You know what I mean? Like step cousin, yeah. I'm very aware that I'm not the greatest speaker in the world. This is why I love the power of God. This is why I love his presence. This is why I love his spirit. This is why I I just, I I love him. And I, I love being next to him. The other night at Splash, it's Monday night. Adesia's closing out. And she asked me to come up and just kind of close out the night. 
I've been helping in the back and things all ready for the games at night. And so I just kind of walk up and I have like literally like a minute, have like a minute to the side, just kind of go like, God, what do you want to do? And so I felt like the Lord goes, I want the kids to hear my voice. And so I come up on stage and I'm like, hey, have you ever heard the Lord's voice? And they're all like shaking their heads. They're all looking at me like, why is Pastor Jeff on stage? You know what I mean? Like, why did I? And I'm like, listen, God loves you. And he wants you to hear his voice tonight. And so we just kind of had this moment and I just gave them this opportunity to hear the Holy Spirit and they heard the Holy Spirit. And I said, how many of you heard the Lord for the very first time? And like all these hands went up and it was just so cool. And so I walked back and Christian, our youth pastor, senior high youth pastor is running sound back there. And he goes, he looks at me and he goes, is there anything you can't do? He goes, you just rocked it out with a bunch of kids. And I looked at him, I just, I said, listen, it's just the Holy Spirit. Go in your weakness. I'm not a kid's pastor, but the Lord sure loves those kids. He just needs a vessel. Just go in your weakness. Can I just give a shout out to Nate? Can you put your hand up? Let everybody see your, your smile and face, okay? Listen, Nate, Nate has been at, at kids camp. He was at youth uh, Sunday night. He was at youth uh, Friday night. Like, I'm sure that Nate doesn't wake up in the morning thinking, like, I'm a great, great kids person. I'm a great, like, youth pastor. You know what he does? He just goes, God, just use me. Just use me. I'm just a vessel. I'll do whatever you want. And Nate is just rocking it. Nate was such a help at kids camp. Nate is such a help at middle school. Nate is just just amazing. I'm just thankful for people that go, just God, use my weakness. I'll just go in whatever strength that I have, and I'll just let you do the rest, God. Amen? Yeah, come on, give it up. Worship team, you guys can come on up. The second thing I want you to see about God's power is this. When his power is working through you, You can never take control because it's him. And you got to figure out real quickly, is it God's power that's going to work through me or I'm going to make it happen? And can I just say to all the dads, this this is the struggle of our lives. Because as men, we want to be superheroes. We want to be Mr. Incredible. We want to be Superman. I want to be Batman. He just has a cool voice. And, and what do we want? We want to be the ones that can fix everything. And so we'll take control real quick. And as men, it's real hard for us to just allow God to move and to take a step back and go, God, I'm going to let you move, and I'm going to trust you, and I'm not going to try to fix this how I want to fix it right now. You know, I feel this every time I speak. Every time I speak, I have so much going on inside of me. I feel the crowd, right? Like there are some Sundays you guys come in here, and I'm just like, are you alive? 
Are you here? You know what I mean? And you're like, no, I'm in my bed back home right now, okay? So I, I know like the crowd, like sometimes you come in with a lot of energy, sometimes you come in tired, sometimes there's Sundays you come in and I can just feel your burdens. I can just feel it, I can sense it. So I gotta, I gotta pay attention to the crowd, but at the same time, in, in my spirit, in my head, I gotta be real quick to hear the Holy Spirit. Do you know that there are so many times in my message that it's not in my message? It's just not there. Jeanette knows. She's taking all my notes and like, she's reworking all my notes to send them to the men at the prisons. The 28 different prisons that we're supporting here in Ohio and they want contact. And so she takes my notes, which I'm sorry, you got to deal with that. She takes my notes and then she's trying to put together packets to send to the men so they can follow along and watch the message. Isn't that cool? They're watching our message and then they're taking notes and stuff. But she knows there's so many times that I'll say something else. This is just not in there. Why? Because I got to hear the Holy Spirit. And then I got to think about the time, you know, because you guys are like pumpkins, okay? Like, there's just this, like, place that I know, like, if I go past this time, y'all like, oh, I don't know what's happening. I'm so hungry. I gotta get, I gotta get a roll in my stomach right now, you know? So I, so I feel the time, and there's kids back there, and they're going crazy in their kids' room, right? And then I gotta, I gotta sense, like, those feelings of, like, I can't be too soft. I can't be too hard. I gotta have that balance. I gotta take you high, I gotta take you low. What am I saying? If I take control of this, it's all on me. But I gotta yield to the Holy Spirit. I gotta yield to His power. I gotta yield to His strength. I gotta yield to His ability. So that I can be what I'm not in me and just allow Jesus to shine through. Dads, can I just say this to you? You're a mighty hero. You're a mighty hero. Dads, God loves you. He's for you. He's with you. He wants to help you, but he's proud of you. Listen, we got, a, we got a lot of men in this earth not stepping up and being the men they're called to be. So when I see men in church on a Sunday morning, when I see men trying to lead their families, when I see men trying to show their kids that Jesus is first, it just warms my heart. And I know it warms Jesus' heart and that he loves you and he is for you and he wants to bless you and he wants you to succeed, not through your own ability, but through his ability and his grace. Why don't you stand up? Can we pray for all the dads here today? If you're next to a dad, just put your hand on them. Wife, grab your husband's hand. Come on, let's pray for dads. Father, we love you. 
We thank you for every one of these dads. We bless them in the name of Jesus. And we declare as the Word of God says that they are a mighty hero and that you, God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, you are with them. And Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would fill them with wisdom. You'd fill them with creativity. I pray you'd fill them with strength, mental strength, emotional strength, physical strength. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would help them to build their relationship with their kids, that you would bond them with their kids. Fill them with heavenly thoughts about their children. Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus for a grace upon the men of Elevate Church, that they are men that are not afraid to speak. They're men who are not afraid to speak over their children. They're men that are not afraid to say, I love you. They're men that are willing to speak up for injustices in the earth. They're men who are willing to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Men of God, leaders, in this time, in this generation, in this moment in the earth. Father, we bless them. Lord, we ask that you bless their careers. We ask that you would bless their jobs, bless their finances, bless their homes, fill their lives with grace and peace. We thank you, God, that you've reminded us today of who we are in you. We may be weak, but in that weakness, we find strength in you, Jesus. And we thank you, God, for your strength, your abilities. We love you. We praise you. And everybody agrees. Said, come on, give it up for Jesus. Give it up for the word. Get real loud for dads one more time. Hey guys, we love you. Have the best, best day. It's going to be sunny. Enjoy, enjoy your Sunday. Hey, we have, we got root beers for dads. We got ice cream for dads. We got, we got treats for you on the way out. We love you. We love you. Have a great day. We will see you next Sunday.